This is IA Forward, your playbook for success as an independent insurance agent. Here to help you knock it out of the ballpark are your hosts, Shane Tatum and Tanya Lead. Shane, I was thinking, why do I always have to go first? Why don't you go first? It's kind of my cue to like, when do I talk? I'm trying to be obedient to not talking over you. So it's just better. <laughs> just overall just kind of better if I just let you set start and cue it up so but hey but since you did that coming off the heels of a playoff loss I've got a softball player uh, youngest daughter and so they they had the playoff series second round playoff series and it didn't end the way we wanted it to end we didn't get the result the two out of three series won the first game lost the second game came out and had to play a third game, which I love, by the way. I love the fact that Texas baseball and softball are two out of three a series. I I love the fact that the College World Series and both baseball and softball have gone to a championship series, the best two out of three. I love that the Super Regionals have gone to the best two out of three because that's how you truly get a a, a winner. It's just not a one, one lucky game, right? It's just a real winner out of the deal. And I was thinking about this because as parents, parents, as spectators, what we experienced on on Saturday was a lifetime of emotions from being down four to zero in the third game to, oh my goodness, is this it? To being tied four to four, to going ahead six to four, then going down again seven six, and then having the tying run on second with middle of the lineup up to hit and a rocket coming off of of the bat of our our five hole hitter and not realizing that the center fielder was positioned correctly and makes this great catch as my daughter Emma is rounding third and you can just see the air like our side it just like deflates at the same time you see this huge inflation of excitement from the other side and what hit me was just this this observation you know even through all this because one I'm on the parent side not the playing side at this point and the spectator fan side of things and just competing competition the opponent had a pitcher that's going to Baylor much like my Emma's going to Kansas and they will actually play against each other in the Big 12 because unlike OU in Texas they're not going to go run away to the SEC over in over in your world we know this pitcher she's an incredible young lady great family and she was competing her team was competing Emma was competing there's got to be a winner there's got to be a loser it was one of those games. It's it's definitely in my top two, maybe three at the most, of games I've either played in, been a spectator in, or coached in in my life. I would put it in that instant classic category. Unfortunately, we were on the losing end, and the emotions that come with that. And the question I was asking myself, really, from the parenting standpoint, as I'm watching this agony of defeat and this sadness and this grief happen, oh my goodness, is this worth it? When it was me, it wasn't a big deal because it was me. But when it's my child, when it's when it's not you and you're out of control of it and you, is this worth it? Should, you know, all the emotions of, man, should I have even taught her how to throw the ball when she was three? Or what, should I have even put a bat in her hand when she was four or whatever the age was? And you go through all of those really quick emotions Almost like people talk about their life flashing before their eyes. That's kind of what happened. And instantly I was like snapped and I'm like, absolutely it was worth it. Because competing and getting a chance and having the blessing and the opportunity to compete is always worth it. 
even in defeat, it's always worth it to be able to go compete. So how does that apply to our businesses? Business owners, independent agency owners, they take risk. And competing is risk. If you're going to put yourself out there and go compete, you're taking the risk that you're going to lose. People think, oh, you know, I'm going to compete. I win. Winners have always won. That's not necessarily true. And I used this actually recently, the the Michael Jordan quote. I took more than 9,000 shots in my career. I've lost almost 300 games. 26 times I've been trusted to take the game-winning shot, and I missed. I've failed over and over and over again in my life, and that is why I succeed. And I kind of lean on that here because as business owners, we take risk every day. We put capital at risk, whether it's starting an agency or whether it's time to hire an employee or whether it's time to grow from a million in premium to two million to five million to 10 million or whatever. All of these things, you're continuing to take risk. And to me, in the game of business, competing every day is taking risk. You can try to stay still, but I would argue that sitting still is riskier than competing to move forward. That would be my argument, is that it's more risky to sit still once we reach a certain point. We always talk about playing an infinite game. So when we're talking about winning and losing, and we're talking about this one specific game, or we're talking about this one specific risk, I think that's one of those things that infinite games are made up of small, finite games along the way. Agree. We need to have those finite games as we go. There's been many, many ball games that have been won by my daughter along the way. There have been many ball games that have been lost along the way. This is just another game. It was more dramatic because it was the last high school game in the playoffs. And guess what? There's only a handful of players that get to win their last game and they're the state champions. And so everyone else in the state of Texas loses their last game. Everyone else in the state of Louisiana loses their last game and on and on and on. And so all across the country right now, play Players are losing their last game. Seniors are losing their last game in the in high school sports. Think about that. That's a that's a really really kind of go crawl up in a fetal position kind of thought. Especially if you're the parent that doesn't want their son or daughter to fail, and so you try to protect them and put the bubble wrap around them and all that and stuff that drives me crazy. We have to allow this to happen. We have to learn to fail in our businesses and pick ourselves back up. We have to get back up and compete. And I think that's the important thing along the way in all these wins and losses. There's this big infinite game going on, which is the entire point that I would love to get to, which is it is doing so much more than winning and losing ballgames. The character building, the relationships, Emma and this pitcher from the other team who have met each other through and played each other through travel ball, through high school playoffs, hugged each other after the game. The competition, the relationship building along the way is so, so great. And it really is is sort of this key thing. There's this huge infinite game going on and there's these finite games happening along the way. That's the same as our businesses. Another perspective of that is make sure you know what game you're playing. You like the idea of playing a game? Is that where we're going with this? I like the idea. (laughs) I I like the idea of playing the game. You know, and I see this happen so many times. I'm going to use my CrossFit experience for that. I loved the idea of CrossFit. So I called a box and made an appointment and went in. And the first thing the girl looked at me and said was, we're going to run a mile to warm up. Well, I'm built for comfort, not for speed. And the idea of warming up by running a mile, I found a little 
humorous and actually kind of snorted laughed at her. Uh, she didn't take very kindly to that. And I made my quarter mile and that was about all I could do at the time and went inside. She's having me try all of these things. And I had called and explained to her that I was a beginner and very out of shape. And my idea of beginner and her idea of beginner were extremely different things. And I've seen this happen. I've seen people decide to start these journeys or start these competitions. Hey, I want to play competitive tennis or I want to put my daughter into competitive dance or competitive cheer because all of my friends are doing that or I'm going to put my son into summer travel ball or as adults. You know, I've actually worked with a guy who decided he was going to become a competitive dirt track racer. And after six weeks, he realized this was not what he thought it was going to be. And sometimes I think our businesses are like that too. We decide to make alignments or join a specific organization thinking this is going to be something. And then we get mad because that something isn't what we thought it was going to be because we didn't do the research that we probably needed to before we made the investment. I had a conversation that you just triggered with the recruiting coordinator at the University of Texas, softball recruiting coordinator, a couple of years ago. And I was the travel ball team recruiting coordinator that year. I didn't know anything. I was just good at talking. (laughs) So I was asked to be the recruiting coordinator because I was able to talk to people, I guess. What's your qualification to be the recruiting coordinator? Well, I played some college baseball and I'm able to talk with a stranger. And I'm not going to say something inappropriate to a college coach. Okay, now you're hired. That was it. That was the interview process. And so I'm standing there and I'm watching and University of Texas coach comes up. Hey, how are you doing? I'm good. You know, introduce ourselves and just making small talk. And I was like, well, are you looking for anything specific? Who are you here to look at? Can I talk to you about any players? Can I help you? I mean, I'm just small talking it. And he's like, you know, I like your middle infielders. And he says, Tatum and, and the other girl. And well, Tatum is my kid, right? So I'm like, oh gosh, deer in the headlights. Like this is the University of Texas. We have a conversation and I'm like, oh my gosh, how do I handle this? And so I'm trying to not have my dad hat on. I'm trying to be objective and all those things. And he really quickly kind of let me know how the world worked around the, the recruiting there. And he's like, yeah, I like them. You know, I like the way they play. They're very athletic. And we just got to talking and he's, then he finally said, but you know, everybody can't go to Texas. And <laughs> And I was like, oh, okay. I think that was a little bit of a message. Like, we're probably not going to recruit them. And so I loved the idea. I did way more than liked the idea at the time. I loved the idea of the University of Texas, right? As a parent, as as my child playing softball. Where she was at that time, that wasn't going to happen. Now, I would argue that she developed herself over the next couple of years. But the idea of things is always something that probably we don't really understand the other side. Not everyone needs to be an agency owner. Some folks need to be agency producers. Some folks need to be agency account managers. There are certainly lots of folks that do need to be agency owners that are not agency owners today. But it is a situation where liking the idea 
versus reality is something that when you get into it, it's like, oh, wow, this is hard. You're a producer and you're really good and you're really good at it and you're doing well and you're having success, both financial and fulfillment. And you just wake up one day and say, I think I'm going to own an agency. And that's great for our industry, but you need to double check that. Are you really ready for agency owner stuff? Are you ready to manage people? Are you ready to deal with insurance carrier reps and appointments and fulfillments? Are you ready to deal with all the business expenses that you're not seeing today? It is different. And it is something that we have to think about. Shane, I'm doing all the work at the agency. The owner is not doing anything. I am producing 80% of the business. They're never even in the office. They're vacationing all the time. I need to own my own agency. Maybe. Is that really a good fit for you? You need to do some testing. You need to find out, are you made up for that? Does your mindset equal agency ownership? We want folks to embrace the independent agency system. We want to help people become agency owners, all of that. But we also want to make sure that people don't end up in a spot where, man, I really like the idea of that. Because what you don't know is everything that vacationing owner is doing that you can't see. The number of hours that they're working that you don't know about. There are so many things brains not turning off, all of those things, you know, the fact that you can't get away, the thing, you know, all of those things that as an owner happen that is different than employment. I've seen more times than not that an owner is making significantly less money than their employees. Yes, it's probably shocking in, in a lot of cases. Sure, they're building equity, but when I started in the family insurance agency, my pay was $150 a week. Was that minimum it wage? It was below minimum wage. <laughs> I didn't know that, and I guess it didn't matter to me because Dad set the pay scale, and he was going to pay me what he was going to pay me. But it was $150 a week. I know it was not calculated on 40. It might have been calculated on 40 hours, but I was working about 60 hours a week. So $2.50 an hour, that was my rate of pay in June of 1995, which was, if I look it up, I want to think minimum wage in Texas around that time was probably about $3.75, 4 bucks an hour, something like that. So well below minimum wage. Obviously, coming to work in the family business, so no, I'm not an owner, but there's a pathway. You think about this, that's what it looks like a lot. You know, you have to pay people before you can pay yourself. You have to take care of the bills before you can pay yourself. And so there is a perception by the non-owner that the owner's making all this money. And really and truly, the really good agency owners are reinvesting in their agencies and growing their agencies and taking care of their people. And to your point, they may not be making what the top salesperson or producer is making if they have the compensation right. I think there's a really great book by John Maxwell called Put Your Dream to the Test. And in that book, there's, I think there are 10 questions that he goes through that are very, very pointed, trying to figure out, okay, is this just a dream or are you really ready to do this? Um, I think it's very powerful, very straightforward. And it's one of those books that if you're thinking about starting an agency, Put Your Dream to the Test by John Maxwell is a really great one to read. put that on my list. But Shane, I want to go back to Emma's game from this weekend and to the infinite game 
four months from now, she's going to be at Kansas as a Jayhawk. In that moment, you can't see that. It's so hard to get through the fog of the agony and when that loss has happened, when the finale of that happens. Yet there is this bigger thing out there. People keep saying, you know, on to bigger and better things. Emma didn't want to go on to bigger and better things yet, right? That was a thing that was obvious to her. (laughs) She wanted to go another week. She wanted another week of practice. She wanted another, all this stuff. Bigger and better things when you're caught in the moment of finite, when you're caught in that finite mindset, which she's 18 years old, that's where she's at right now, then that's what happens. That's what happens to us in our businesses. If we get stuck in that finite mindset, in that competing the now, and we can't get back up, we can't get over that hump, that's where we get in trouble. Yes, there is this really grand thing coming. There's this four months down the road there's new sites of Lawrence, Kansas and and campus and all these great things that are in her very, very near future that makes it easy to get up and compete again, in my view, to get up and say, let's go. Let's go work out. Let's go get better. Just like in our business, when when we lose the account, when something doesn't go our way, when we lose a key employee, when we lose a carrier appointment, and we have to breathe. We have to deep breath. We have to breathe. We have to realize that this is a long-term, infinite game business model. We have to get back up and compete. And we have to do the things that allow us to get another shot. And that's why I think it's so important to kind of build that mindset. Because the other option is just not take the risk and not compete at all. If you find yourself in that spot where the idea of it looked good, but you're really not made for being the owner, well, then maybe that is the result. And that's okay. Because getting back up and competing may be changing paths. It may be... It may be finding your game. It may be finding your game, right. It may be that, hey, I thought I was an agency owner because I was a really good producer, but really I need to be a producer. You can course correct there. Or a CSR that wanted to be a producer, and then they got there and realized they're not a producer, and so he goes back to being a CSR. Nothing wrong with that. It's okay not to be the agency owner. It's okay to be the account manager, the producer, the HR director, the accounting manager. My wife has taught me that a lot. She has no desire to ever even get into the insurance side of our business. She is the accounting manager, and that is what she does, and that is what she is going to do. And she knows her space, and she knows her game, right? She knows how to play that game, and she competes inside that game. Getting commissions out like clockwork is a game to her. Not missing those dates, not being inaccurate. All of those things are examples of competing in a non-sales role. That's getting up and competing. That's something that we need to do, not just inside our industry, but but across society, is just say, you know, it's okay. We need to find our place and then we need to go with it. I think we also need to look at what agency ownership really looks like. If you're judging what being an agency owner, what owning your own business looks like from people's social media or from listening to podcasts or from articles that you're finding three quarters of which are written by people that aren't even in the industry, then you need to do some more research. You need to, in fact, that's the first thing that you had me do when I came to work with you. You sent me out in the field to spend time with really great agents, with some not so great agents, 
with some agents that were average. You actually put me in the fields. I spent months and months with these guys. I think that is so important because if we're looking at what being a business owner looks like from social media or from books, then we're not getting a true understanding of what it actually means. And we look at this and we're like, well, I'm 40 or I'm 50. I'm out of time. That's crap. I'm just going to say it. That's just crap. That's not true. I think we've got this thing about time. Like, I don't have time. I'm, I'm out of time. I'm, I hear people say that. I hear people talk about that. And there's just no truth to that. You found your game at 43. Great. Go compete. Go do it. When I think about things and I think about where I'm at, and of course, the older you get, that perspective starts to change. That perspective starts to happen. Just to think about the fact when I was 28, to think about me at 48, and now to be at the reverse of that and go, I'm 48, and man, 48's pretty dang cool. 58's going to be 10 years better than 48 then I'm in. And thank goodness I've had my health and, and all that. And, and hopefully that, that continues. But when I think about this, and if I'm talking to someone who's 34, 35, man, you're just starting. Don't think about this as, man, I wish I would have done this 10 years earlier or I'm, I'm behind. No, you're not. You're not behind. Behind compared to what? Compared to your idea of what you thought you were going to be doing or compared to that other person over there? Maybe, but stop doing that. Stop comparing yourself to that. Stop comparing yourself to that person. And I think the celebrity nature of society, whether it be professional athletes, whether it be influencers on social media or the, the little kid that opens toys, got like a gazillion followers and he gets paid a gazillion dollars and he's like nine. Like his parents have him opening toys and then the way his reaction to those toys are, the product gets influenced or whatever. That reminds me of Forrest Gump and the ping pong paddles. Just Yeah, I mean, so you haven't found your paddle yet. That's okay. I changed industries after 21 years. Yeah, and I think that's brave, one. And and, But I also think it's refreshing, and I love our industry. Now, don't get me wrong. I think I found my game early, and I found the game I'm supposed to be playing in an early point, and I got lucky. I did not know that at 21. I didn't even know that at 25. I was still walking into my dad's office going, I just don't know. At 30, I was still coming home, Julie, I don't know. I don't know if this is the business. I don't know if this is the, I don't know if this is what I need to be doing. I was seeking and seeking and seeking. I don't know when that point was, but at some point it just clicked that, man, I got a pretty good thing and this industry is pretty awesome. And I think I got lucky. I mean, timing, all of that. But just because you didn't pick that at 22 or 23 and now you're 38 doesn't mean you can't find your game now. And think about 20 years down the road. 20 years is a long time. I know when we're talking about kids and we're talking about, like, we just got through talking about this game and Emma just started high school to me. And now she's about to graduate. Like, blink of an eye. That kind of stuff does happen. But the difference between you're 38 and you're starting, you've still got a long time to go. You've got time to build something. You've got time to do something really, really fantastic. But we have to get some perspective here around this too. What does that mean? And and that's back to that agency ownership and the perception of how much money people are making. And there's just a misconception about that to me. Two minute warning. What's our takeaway from today? Get up and compete regardless of where you're at, regardless of what you're doing. If you think you are a future independent agency owner, 
then go. Get up, compete, and go. You can always change your your mind. You can always go back if that didn't work out. You can figure that out. I'm a firm believer in that. If you're licensed, experienced, and you're a producer, and you think that's you, you think that's where you want to be, guess what? You can go be a producer again. There's a lot of agencies out there that are looking for producers and, and are looking for experienced producers on top of that. And so if it just doesn't work out, if you find out that you like the idea of it versus the practicality, of it or that you're really not made for it, you can go back. You can figure that out. And so I just want to encourage you to get up and compete. I'm going to leave us with a quote today. Remember that guy who gave up? Neither does anyone else. Attitude's a choice. Make a great one. Bye, y'all. Ready to get the ball rolling with your independent agency? Learn more at IntegraAgent.com. That's IntegraAgent.com. Thank you for joining us on IA Forward. Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now or learn more at iaforward.com.